0: Welcome to the Vulnerability Rocks podcast, you're listening to Emma Bell, and I believe that true healing starts with sharing. Welcome to this week's episode of Vulnerability Rocks, and this week I have Ash with me, who runs a domestic violence podcast, and she's in Australia. She is amazing, and she very kindly had me on as a guest on her podcast, where I shared For the first time actually in as much detail as I did ever um, publicly on her podcast and we haven't done a domestic violence episode on the Vulnerability Rocks podcast yet so I'm really grateful Ash that you're gonna come and have this conversation to share with our listeners. Um, Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I was Mm -hmm. just saying before it's so weird to be on the other side. (laughs) I'm not
0: being the host. <laughs> um, the one, that, like, it, it, it's lovely to have these conversations. They're not nice conversations. So we're talking about things that aren't nice, experiences that, you know, guess what? We didn't really want to ever have to go through, right? But at the same time, these things do happen to people. And with domestic violence in particular, it can start in the subtlest of ways, Um, So I'm really passionate about having this conversation today because I'm hoping that by us having this conversation today, maybe someone might listen and recognize a few things that might be going on for them or for someone around them. And it may be what they need to reach out, to have the confidence to reach out, to feel safe to reach out. Um, Because I know and you know, Ash, firsthand that when you're in this, it's can be so covert and so confusing it's incredibly hard to
1: identify that we're even in this space right and you're probably in denial that you've allowed yourself to be in that situation so you put it off even more cuz you're like nope nope i'm not that kind of person i will never be with a kind of person like that i would know the difference if someone was abusing me but once you're in it you're like and then you have to get out you're like shit how did i even get in here so yeah. yes 100% agree with you
0: yeah so let's let's start first of all before we dive into your story tell me about you tell me about ash who's ash where are you from what's what's life what's life like currently for you now and then we'll kind of go back and we'll talk about your story
1: yeah no worry so now i call myself a domestic violence thriver I am really I'm four years free but we'll go through all that um, shortly but I'm living my best life at the moment this is the first time I can say ever that I actually love who I am what I'm doing and everything like that and it's such a it's a weird place to be once you've been through hell and back and you can actually say that because Ashley Turner you know five six seven years ago no way in hell would I be saying that but for me, I'm a podcast host on Empower Dash. It's dedicated to really helping people get through adversity, in particular domestic violence, because that's very close to my heart. Um, but the, the moments that got me here was winning a procurement professional award called SIPS for Australasia. So that gave me this platform to start communicating and sharing my story, which I never thought I would do. And then recently this year also, I was listed as top 10 for Australia in Queensland for young Australian of the year. Um, So that was something that I was, it was one of my podcast guests, um, not guests, but listeners that actually nominated me to go, yes, we need to hear more about it. So you have these little wins along the way and you may not know how much you're making a difference Mm. but now I can go actually I'm making little differences I have silent little cheerleaders that are there helping me and supporting me and it's amazing because 10 years ago no way in hell would I thought I'd be talking to on stages at conferences and in front of hundreds of people and Talking about my own domestic violence experience on bloody YouTube and the podcast.
0: No, I know, and it and it's, it's, it's an interesting change, isn't it? Because when you're in the thick of an abusive relationship, now whether that be emotional abuse, um, physical abuse, uh, financial abuse, it all comes into it um, and rolls into sexual. Um, sexual abuse in some cases you know um you for me anyway I remember days where I I could never ever in a million years of imagined my life being the way it is right now I could never imagine that anybody would have any value for me as a human being I could never imagine that anyone would believe a thing that I ever said because that's what I was being told and I just felt so alone so to fast forward for you and I to be sitting here having this conversation today and I'm going to say it not on the outside to someone who maybe is in the thick of it running the risk of the people that abused us hearing us having such an empowered conversation would I could never have imagined that not in a million years
1: oh and I think that's the best revenge is that to let that person know what you did to me has no power over me look yes. at me now and it's just like karma yeah look at this look what you created you created a monster because <laughs> now I'm thriving off what you you put me through
0: yeah and and you know i've never obviously privately i have shared obviously the, and the people that were around me at the time know the identity of the person but publicly i never share the name i don't need to i don't i, just, I it's that's not what this is about but being in a place where you're no longer held by that crippling fear It's just incredible to me it's an incredible transformation to do for yourself and it's an incredible transformation to see in someone else and um speaking connecting with you I just I I I love to see it in 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 another human right
1: yes it's it's rare for people to really and we're not saying that you have to go launch a bloody podcast. Like both no. of us, we're not saying that. Everyone no. has their own different journeys and you'll be, you might be in the thick of it right now and you might not see it, but eventually you'll get to our point and go, and you'll be doing something mm-hmm. that's mind blowing to you. And you have to take that moment of gratitude to go, wow. Like you have to trust your, 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 your adversity, the pain that you've gone through to who you are today. Like, So proud. I'm proud of you, what you've been through. Mm. I know you're proud of me for what I've been through. And it just allows you to, I don't know, get get so in touch with your emotions, like empathy Mm. and connecting and really understanding people. Me Mm. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to connect Mm. with other women like on this level. I'd be like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what domestic violence is. What is Mm. this pain? Get over it kind of thing. Mm Because I just hadn't experienced it. Mm. And now I've been through it. I'm like, oh my god, my heart is <laughs> yeah. out there. I've got to help everyone. I'm taking a, little, a lot of pain. Gotta manage that. But you get so many blessings from your adversity. If it's domestic violence or it might be something else, there's yeah. oh know, there's always a blessing and a lesson from everything. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that's different to if you deserved it, right? Nobody deserves it. But, um, you know, that thing, you go through what you go through. And that does not mean that you deserve what you went through. They're two very different things. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, the things that we go through definitely taught me to be softer, to be more understanding, to try and imagine, even if I haven't been it, try and imagine what it might be like to try and put myself in their shoes and see through their eyes, even though I could never fully do that. But to try and imagine helps you to start to be empathetic, right? And, and that's the kind of the start. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your journey. So take me back and share with us what happened for you. So who was Ash before this, this experience? And how did you arrive? And I'll say arrive in this experience because it can happen to anybody you know, people that say this will never happen to me. It can happen to anyone because it's so subtle and so clever and not in a nice way. (laughs) It's not clever in a good way, Um, but it's clever how these people can manipulate us.
1: Um, So talk me through that. Mm, Definitely. So to paint the picture for everyone, I was a young single mom at 21. I was pregnant at 19 um being with he was one of my soul mates definitely so he snatched me up out of just out of high school so he got me while i was young um absolutely adored that man adored him um but we thought it was right for us to separate way too young i was like i love getting married and having more kids i need to go find myself so we went our separate ways it was a little bit messy but I never had hate in my heart for him, if that makes sense. I just had this this gap in my gut and in my heart, knowing that there was something missing. I needed to find myself because when you're 21, you're just getting out of your teens. I felt like I hadn't even had a you know teenage experience because I had a baby. (laughs) I was pregnant quite young, so I was had this identity so a bit of a crisis, and then you always have your childhood bloody traumas before that. So it was a big buildup and I went, you know what? I need someone really rock solid and stable. That's what I need because I'm back then was not like that. I was like, yeah, let's go with the flow. Let's go party. Let's do all this sort of stuff. And my partner was as well. He was a really free spirit and I was like, nah, I need someone grounding. And I remember I was, well, let's say, single or casually dating for about a year after the baby daddy, and then this man appears. I knew him from, you know, a previous um, friends group from high school. Didn't really remember much about him, um, and then he basically ticked every single box that I wanted. He was strong. He was stable. He was reliable. Felt like he got his shit together, he had a job, like all of that stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, he's that person, he's stable. That's what I need. Stupid Ashley. That's a red flag. Let's call that one. He was just ticking all the boxes too too much, now that I look back at it. And little did I know, narcissist is what he was. He worked out that I was a young single mom. He knew that I'll need, you know, a stable and reliable partner he already worked out that I was an easy target but people don't realize that and then he went look your family's moved away as well they just moved to Melbourne so I was actually in Darwin by myself with my son and at that time did not have any contact with the baby daddy as well so I was on my own and he comes in swoops me up and ticked all the boxes at the start like I won't even give him you know, any discredit. He was like, yep, yep, yep. Said all the right things, did all the right things because he was very much a man of his word and did it, displayed it through actions at the start. And then now that I reflect back and look at it, the little things start happening. It wasn't the physical abuse. It was the emotional little gaslighting and manipulation started. And the first thing I do remember, and I'll just say, right now i have huge trauma from it so i have blackouts throughout all of it so i don't remember all of it i only remember key events Mm -hmm. um so one of the major things that i do remember is he started to change or persuade me to change the way i dressed at work so before him i was wearing you know long skirts to my knee kind of thing and dresses and then he would say hey if you want to be a leader, men aren't gonna, going to respect you if you wear skirts and dresses. How about you wear long pants and the suit jackets, and then you'll start building credibility. Back then, that made sense. I'm like, hmm, I'm in a corporate Well, Maybe that's what I should do. And then I started doing that. And then when we went out to party, girls love to wear the little cocktail dresses. It's like, hey how about we, you know, to be more classier than the other girls, how about you wear more long sleeves and high neck, not the lower neck and a little bit longer. It was just little things like that. Mm -hmm. And then the things with makeup and stuff. So for anyone that knows me, I wear really bold, like lipstick red all the time. And that's one of the reasons why I do it because he basically said, "Hmm, lipstick, you're trying to, what sort of validation are you trying to get from other people? Like, he was really building this thing in my head like holy shit am I trying to get validation from other men is that why I wear certain clothes and makeup and stuff like that and when you're you're young and you're still trying to find yourself and you think think (laughs) that you have found a strong you know intelligent smart person you're like okay maybe he's got a you know he's got a point maybe I am trying to seek validation from other men Mm -hmm. maybe I am don't know so I started changing all these little things. And then he, I was in this situation where I had to move out of my current house and he can't remember, but some excuse for him to move in. Therefore, he was able to isolate me from friends. Mm -hmm. Can't remember what happened, but he ended up moving in with me which terrified me because it wasn't long. We weren't you know, dating within maybe a year and he um, decided he wanted to move in with me. And then that's when it, that's when it all started happening that he had me lock and key kind of thing. But I remember there was one event before I moved in with him and some I posted something on Snapchat. I think I was in uh, one of my mate's cars and he had like a cool convertible and it was like old school. And I was like, oh my gosh, can you take me for a spin? How cool is that? Mm-hmm. And he took me for a spin in it. And then I remember I walked into his apartment and the first thing that happened is he pushes me, like just throws me into the fridge. And I was like, what What did you just do? Why the... Are you posting that shit on Snapchat? Everyone thinks you're probably sleeping with a bloke, rah, rah, rah. I didn't even register what he physically did to me. That was my number one sign of physical, like, of the physical abuse. I didn't register that because he was like yelling at me about all this stuff. And I was freaking out going, oh my gosh, what have I done? I, that was not my intention. And I was more focused on his emotional needs because he knew if he acted so emotional, I'm I'm someone that's like oh my god you're in pain let me help you. Mm-hmm. So didn't even register that mm-hmm. what happened. And mm-hmm. then when we started living together he that's when the real gaslighting started happening getting into my head telling me like I'm worthless mm-hmm. or oh, my ex-girlfriend was better than you than this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All those little things. Yeah. And it just seemed that tear you apart as a woman like things yeah. that you don't not even a woman like any person you don't want to hear that you're a piece of shit and that you're not smart and you're not going to go anywhere in life and you will never succeed like no one will ever want you after me so why bother looking like little things like that and then you start believing it that's the worst thing about anything is you start believing those horrible words and then you know so when it builds up it just keeps going and going and going and then he started getting physical like little did I know that he was actually on ice Mm. and I didn't have any exposure to drugs going like growing up so I had no idea what the signs were nothing I was going in blind so he would have moments where he was so cool calm collected and that's when he was on the ice Mm. he was calm when he was on it when he was off it holy shit that man that temper everything would just rage and that's when he would start taking it out on me and I remember there was this one event where I don't know what caused caused it but he ended up like pinning me up against this wall one hand so high up And then he starts laughing in my face while I'm trying to scream. And he says, Look how strong I am. I can feel you right now. And you sit, I sit there. I remember when he let me go and he left the house because he knew what he did. And he went to his friend's place and he told his best friend and the girlfriend. So they knew what he was like. And I remember she came over to my house and loved her to death. But I wish back then she would say get out but because she was also conditioned to that behavior that was normal to her Mm -hmm. like and nothing against her but Mm -hmm. that was a normal behavior because obviously her partner had done that to her before so she was just like okay I've been through this I'll support you through it when I wish she went get out like I Mm -hmm. can't get out, you get out. And it just didn't happen that way. So there was events like that always happening. And Mm -hmm. I remember when he started tracking, putting tracking spy software on my phone and my laptop. So this bloke was literally, he knew everything that I was doing, where I was going, who I was texting, everything. And I had no idea until one day he slipped up and he said something that I had messaged that day that I hadn't told him. And Mm -hmm. I went, oh, yeah, did I ever tell you that? Like played along with it. And I went, what the hell's going on here? Because I could only text people. I wasn't allowed social media. He made me get rid of it because if I had it, that meant I was trying to get validation from other people. Mm -hmm. He said, all you need is my validation. So get rid of social media. So he literally had me locked down because I couldn't deal with him abusing guys every time we went out to town if they liked or commented on a photo like I felt bad for other people so I was like hey if I just get rid of this he can't hurt anyone else I can I can manage him kind of thing um so for me I see it as more of a selfless act I was trying to help people but then Mm -hmm. I wasn't even helping myself at the same time it's like far out actually and I remember I took my phone and laptop to a friend that's like an IT you know, a tech person and he went, Ashley, he's got. Mm -hmm. And I went, that was like a big reality check for me when I heard that and then I was reading as well at the same time, like personal development and all these powerful quotes. It was like coming like clear in my head and I was like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, I need to get out but I can't let him know that I'm getting out kind of thing. And then I had to build some big plan with applying for a job because i was based in darwin northern territory at the time and i applied for within the same company for a job um a job role in brisbane queensland where i am now thankfully i was successful thank you to Mm -hmm. the gods above me for that one and but i didn't let him know Mm -hmm. so i was already in acceptance knew when the removalists were going to come all of that and I was like, how the hell am I going to tell this bloke that basically in two days' time, I'm going, like leaving the state to escape you, mm. kind of thing. And I remember we got into like a massive argument, literally every day we're arguing though, and he said something really nasty about ex-girlfriends, like they're prettier than you, they're more successful, look at all their jobs, rah, rah, rah. And then I started laughing and he was like, so in shock he's like "What? up two days and I'm going to Queensland and he dropped to the floor and started crying and for someone who's a big like empathy, someone that just like empathy I just want to hurt like help people I just didn't care like mm-hmm. there was just this power within me like I don't care
0: mm-hmm. what
1: you do if you're crying How many tears have I cried and you not care? I just didn't care. That was like a big moment for me. And for me and everyone, we know this is domestic violence. Leaving is the most like critical time. Mm -hmm. It could have gone so much worse for me in that moment. Like I could have been put through the wall. I could be thrown off the balcony. God knows what he could have done to me. But I played this, I guess, this strategy. And I already had it in my head to go, hey, if he says that he wants to come with me i will say yes because i know he won't come because narcissists need to be in their own environment and they need to you know have their own comforts and stuff like that and i knew based on his job being in a small family business that he would never get a job in the big corporate world in brisbane so i was like yeah sure hun you can come along. Yeah, sure. So I moved here. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like I'm crazy, <laughs> but I just had it in my head. How I was going to work. And then he tried to move over here and little within like a month or two, he left back to Darwin. And I was like, hmm, why, why is that? And he's like, I can't get a job. It's too hard. And I was like, Oh, pity kind of thing. Cause I knew he wouldn't survive without all his friends. And that's how I basically escaped. I found out he was cheating on me the whole bloody time. And I just didn't care because he was touching someone else, not me. It was like mm-hmm. this, go. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. what you do, just get away from me. And it was a bit of more of a slow release or strategic move. But yeah. we we literally ended, I ended things with him during that period. But that's because I got away safely into a different state that where he couldn't be comfortable but yeah that's how I got it out as well and the thing is
0: the what I want to talk about quickly with that is you said you had the feeling of you know you found out that he was cheating on you the whole time and by that point you're like have him right just have him um now I can definitely resonate with feeling like that once I was in that space but take me back to when I was fully immersed in it the level of I don't know about you but the level of fear for me that it created when he would say things to me like um you know so and so won't say the name so and so but he used to say their names and they were his exes is so much better at giving me oral sex than you are whilst I was in the middle of a sexual act, right? So, and all of these other things, so much nicer than you, funnier than you, they've got more friends than you, you know, just to squash you, squash you, squash you. Now, obviously when you start to see the light, you do start to laugh at it because you realize it's laughable. You're like, whatever, right? But when you're in that space where the abuse is at its height, Mm -hmm. For me, I was scrambling through fear to try and be better than I was, to try and do more, to try and keep the peace, to try and keep him happy, to try and measure up to all of these things that he was saying other people were better at than I was. And I'm curious to know for you, in those moments before you had that that shift, Mm -hmm. how did you feel
1: It was probably the lowest I would ever feel in my life to to admit if I didn't have my son, I probably wouldn't be here. It was to that point where it was either I'm going to take my life, he's going to take my life, or I'm going to kill him myself. Like it was, it's those in when you're in those physical situations, all these things go through your head. You're like, what's the easiest way out? And to be honest, if I didn't have my son, I probably wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. but thankfully I have him and he's grounded me Mm -hmm. and he was my reason to get out but I was so like disappointed in the state that I was in mentally and emotionally to go how the hell did you end up here and like you said you were I didn't even know what to feel like I was so numb like Mm -hmm. And I'm someone that's a very expressive person, as you can tell by hand movements Mm -hmm. and everything. But for me, I've remained so quiet. And when he used to say such nasty things, I didn't even say anything. Like I didn't even fight. It -hmm. was, I didn't have fight in me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe he's right. And it just got Mm -hmm. to the point where I just gave up on myself. Mm -hmm. And, when he would, I think uh, there was one time he was texting his ex-girlfriend and he went to go pick her up from the airport. God knows what they bloody did. We all know. But it was to that point where I was like, well, maybe he deserves her. Mm-hmm. if I'm not that good, maybe he deserves that. And maybe I deserve that. So mm. I, I'm a very passionate, fiery person. And for me to know that's my lowest point is when I don't have fire and I don't have passion. Mm. And throughout that, I was miserable. Like the most miserable a person could be. Mm -hmm. And you're spinning out of control. Like you get anxiety just by living with them because there's like eggshells. You don't know how they're going to act. You don't know how to respond. You Mm -hmm. can't escape. It'll get worse. Like there's so much pressure on you in those situations. And I didn't tell anyone. Like I literally didn't tell anyone until I was in Brisbane and I said I broke up with him but I never told anyone what happened until my podcast wow that was the first time my family friends heard what happened and they were like mm-hmm. we knew something was going on but we didn't know it was that bad
0: mm-hmm
1: and I just think it's the worst for any survivor as a, as a woman in particular. And I can only speak to that because I have a word, but yeah. just When you feel like you're not worthy and you are literally scum on the earth. Yeah. You're like, where do I go? Like what is there worth living for? If this person that you supposedly love thinks of you like that. Well, and,
0: seems- and, and supposedly loves you more than anyone could ever love you and no one's ever going to love you as much as I do how could someone that says those things do that to me right It's so conflicting. Yeah. because if they love me as much as they say they do and you believe it right this person loves me more than anyone could ever love me and I don't know if for you but like there was this narrative that was built around um like you say, right, you, you, your guy, he targeted your vulnerabilities. You, you were a young single mum, sort of separated from your family dynamic. I was a young person to leave home, left home at 15. Wasn't a young mum, but I was a young, vulnerable person. I'd been through a few... uh yeah things where my boundaries have been violated and I was kind of perfect really for someone who was 10 years older than me to kind of swoop in with a nice car nice job and I'm like wow like I can't believe this person's chosen me you know like this girl with all the problems who's not really that great and not really that cool and like you know he's so cool and wow like and and, and not in a gold digging way at all, because it wasn't like about money, but just as in how can someone so together choose someone like me? That must mean that, you know, I need to work super hard at this. And so that's kind of the start at the very beginning. That's kind of already there. Um, and this narrative that he used to say, you know, like no one else will understand your problems like I do, you know, like I, I accept all of these, no one else is going to take all this on. Like I was something to be taken on like a, you know, and who else is going to take on all of this baggage that you come with, you know, that was massive. So of course I've got that plane 24 seven in my mind. Yeah. Like he's right. Who is going to take on all this baggage and, you know, Christ, I just need to be, more fun more laid back more easygoing maybe I shouldn't be upset about these things you know walking on eggshells when he'd been out all night and I'm like you know where have you been but then all of a sudden I'm the bad person for asking him why he's not been where he said he was going to be when he was clearly with someone else and it's like well but you end up apologizing I did apologizing for asking the wrong questions for upsetting him for questioning him for doubting him you know he even managed to convince me that I'd had an affair with someone and I was I even remember because he gave me an STD and I remember thinking oh you know and he went mad well where have you been who have you been with and I'm thinking oh my god where have I been who have I been with it gets to that point Mm -hmm. it's just off the charts when you look back off the charts kind of bonkers and people who haven't been in these situations I often hear them say but how can they not know how can they not just get out how can they not see it I don't get it I don't get why they wouldn't just leave and I really don't think unless you've been in it you do get it Mm -hmm. fully Um, and like you I've had one of my longest closest friends come to me I wrote a blog on this and um just a short blog on how it starts small domestic and abuse emotional abuse starts small very rarely starts big right you don't meet someone they punch you in the face you fall in love you move in with them right this isn't how this stuff goes down it starts subtle right and it starts with a with a fairy tale that's how it starts generally it starts Mm -hmm. with the fairy tale and Um, if someone just walked up to you in the street punched you in the face and said let's live happily ever after I'm pretty sure most people would say no thank you (laughs) but these relationships don't sound like that right (laughs) it's not how it goes guys (laughs) that's not the script it starts with the fairy tale and um, for a lot of people and uh, it's just one of my friends said to me when I wrote that blog she sent a message she said did you not Did you not have any friends you could reach out to? And my answer to that is not that I believed that I could reach out to. So this is no reflection on the friends around people in this situation. It's no shortcoming of the friends either. It's not because the friends around us are bad friends. Quite often the person in the middle of it doesn't believe it's an option, doesn't believe it's happening to them doesn't know how to articulate what's happening to them because it's such a head scramble. Um, And I'm also, you know, I'm just aware that the people around people that have been in these situations might feel the weight of some sort of responsibility, some sort of, was I a bad friend then? Because I didn't see this and I was still seeing you throughout this from time to time. I was seeing you and, but the person in it may not have the 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 tools or the wherewithal to be able to communicate the full extent of what's going on until they're out of it as well um well
1: I didn't know that what I went through was domestic violence until mm -hmm. maybe six months to a year after I left Mm -hmm. then I pretty much ignored it after I escaped I was like yeah that's right done and I was like, I need a heal. And I had to research and Google what happened. I was like, this is how we used to behave. And that's when I learned about narcissistic and gasoline. Like, mm-hmm. I actually had no idea what I went through with domestic violence until I got out and actually learned myself. Mm-hmm. And I had a good talk with one of my guy mates who was part of the journey. And then I cut off most of my friends. And they were like, what's wrong with Ashley? She's so horrible. Said all these nasty names. I wanted them to hate me because that was my way of protecting them. He wasn't going to go hit another girl, but he could easily go start a fight with one of my guy mates. And I had a lot of them. So I literally cut them off. And then when he heard about my story, he's like, it makes sense mm-hmm. why you did what you did because you're so protective of other people. You always put others before yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why you cut us a off." And I was like, I did it to help you guys. Even though I hadn't registered what it was that I was going through, Mm -hmm. I just went, there's something going on, I've got to get rid of it. So Mm. sometimes you don't even know until you're out what you hell you went through.
0: No, you don't. And I I definitely didn't. And and my experience was when I was 19 years old. So I mean, that's 20 years ago and smartphones weren't a thing, right? (laughs) Jumping on Google wasn't a thing. (laughs) And, um, I really had no clue what was happening to me. And um, when some of the abuse was taking place, he was like, you know, cleverly hitting the tops of my thighs, or around my abdomen, or around the back of my head, or around the back of my neck. So it was places where it couldn't be seen or strangling me to the point that I, he just let go just in enough time, you know? So it was never, I could never define it as, I suppose I had seen images of women with a black eye. I had seen those images, right? And that does happen, but to, that wasn't my story. So I wasn't walking around with a big black eye. I hadn't been at the point I was put in hospital. So, and, and these things happen and they're super serious, but because it was always just to the edge of that I couldn't put myself in any kind of and it sounds crazy danger like I didn't see the very real danger that I was in because it hadn't quite got to that point yet so maybe if I hadn't made him so angry that wouldn't have happened so it's probably my fault anyway right because I've just angered the beast and it's just this this And it's so hard to see when you're in it. And I definitely didn't understand the full extent of it till way after.
1: And they're they're smart with the physical because mine never hurt me that much. that I would bruise. He would throw me around. Mm. But i like, I knew that he would never do that harm to me. So people could see because narcissists have this mask on when they go in public. So they're, so charming and they're the moral person and Mm. such a gentleman so he had this story and tale to keep up this persona Mm -hmm. so I always knew that he wouldn't hurt me that much it Mm. was more the emotional verbal sexual abuse Mm. stalking the harassment that he would do because people couldn't see that Mm -hmm. and the scary thing about him was I thought I was the only one Mm. when I spoke up about this through my podcast i had about 10 women that contacted me saying he did that and his brother did that to them wow and i was and they're like he did before you we thought he changed with you because he literally changed so much from the public eye with this, oh, he's, now he's a stepdad. He's really changed. Like He changed. Oh, he was loving it. Because like everyone thinks I'm the great stepdad mm-hmm. that's come in and rescued Ashley. But mm-hmm. he had abused all these different women and his brother abused all these different women. And you're like, and mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. I'm just the only one that's had the courage to speak up about it, to then hopefully allow everyone in darwin know who he is and to avoid him Mm -hmm. and i've even had some male friends that were friends of his or still are probably Mm -hmm. send photos or of my instagram and my youtube video to these girls that he's been seeing and gone before you date him watch this and i'm like oh my gosh are you serious and they Mm -hmm. send me that and i'm like I'm proud that people want to help. They know, they know who he is mm-hmm. and they want to help these other women. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping that me speaking up about it stops him from doing it mm-hmm. to other women. Like, I hope it's been a reality check. Knowing him, he's probably like, I don't know, what she's talking about, it. she's like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's part the story he's telling. But I really hope deep down he's gone podcast too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. about it. Their experience with the same man.
0: It's um, and you're right. Like, um, I remember when I first started dating this person, there was a girl ringing him and ringing him and ringing him and ringing him. And the story I got was, she's crazy. She's my crazy ex. She's my crazy ex. She's my crazy ex. And of course, that's a I, red
1: uh, flag, as Everyone, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah notepad and pen um but like I now realize that in somebody some other woman's story I will be she's the crazy ex-girlfriend but the truth was I was the person he was living with I was the person he was supposed to be in a full-time relationship I was also the person he was coming home and hitting I was also the person that he was coming home and telling me that my sexual performance wasn't good enough that putting drugs in my food. I was that same crazy girlfriend ringing to see where my partner was and why he hadn't come home. Because guess what? He was living triple, quadruple, quintuplet lives. <laughs> I don't even think they lead double lives. I think they, it's just, I mean, I dread to think how many lives and how many faces are actually displayed. It's probably, I. you know, maybe I don't even want to go there, but it's a lot probably more than two
1: (laughs) yeah it will be
0: yeah 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 for sure um if someone's listening to this ash and they say oh i'm recognizing a few of these things you know the makeup thing that you spoke about really resonated with me um i remember going to the supermarket once and i'd put on a tiny bit of makeup and as i was going out the front door i got pinned against the door Where are you going with all that on your face? And I was thinking, oh, what on my face? And it wasn't a lot. And he literally wiped the makeup with my head squashed between the door and the wall across my face, up, round. And, well, you don't need to look like a SLAG if you're going to go to the supermarket just to buy some food so you can take that off. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, yeah, he's right. I do look like that. Yeah, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be looking like that um so even that you know in the words no one will ever love you like I do I mean gosh that is just and they're not said in a nice way but we think they are at the time um if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking yikes I can recognize a few of these things what would be your advice to them apart from the obvious get out but like because it's not always that easy right Because if someone had come along to me, and and people did, actually, people did come along and say to me, "This this isn't okay, you need to get out. And it took me a number of times to finally get out and see it for what it was. So what would be helpful, do you think, for people?
1: There's three things that spring to mind for me. Number one is when you're in that situation, you need to get clarity on your reality. You need to because you'll feel like you're going batshit crazy. So you need to get some reality check. So for me, I knew that he was hacking my phone, my laptop. So technology was compromised basically. So what I did at work is I started journaling the arguments, the things that he would say, his behaviors, his just his energy, his mood, I really started documenting it. And it was obviously my instinct kicking in, going, Mm. document this. And then I would reflect, you know, write down the heavy argument and events that I thought I was wrong. And then a few days later, I would read and go, (laughs) I'm not in the wrong. Like you could actually see clearly once you write it down what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started picking up on the little things. And that's when I figured out the ice. He was calm when he was on it. He was crazy when he was off it. So I could see the swings mm-hmm. or you know, things like that. So really start writing it down. Um, even if you think it's you in the wrong, write it down. So you can see why you're in the wrong. And just just
0: be. just do that in a safe place, right? Because place. yeah. That's is... why I did
1: it at work.
0: At work, so yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and that I, was a safe
0: that's super important. And I'll just say something to that because I know when I was in that situation, I was, this is a part of my story I I haven't shared yet. And I'm not sure when I will share it to its full extent, but I came up with a way to earn money because he made, made it so that I, he kept moving us around. So I kept losing my job. So he kept me in poverty right which meant I couldn't leave him and I found a way to make money and but I could only make so much money because if I made more money than that he would question where the money had come from because where we lived there was nothing I could hide from him So I couldn't have had a notebook. I couldn't have had a secret stash of money. Um, He would have found it and I would have paid the price for it heavily, like big. So there was that careful kind of, I remember it was a very tricky time of, I'd found a way to make a lot of money and, but I didn't need all the money. I just needed some of the money so that I could try and forge a way out of that situation into a job that paid me better money that he couldn't take away from me. So being in a safe space for gathering money to get out, writing notes down to get your thoughts is so important. I can't stress that enough. Find a safe place to do this, because if your home space is not safe for you to gather financial resources to get out, if your home space is not safe to write down your thoughts, there's no way I could have had a notepad at home. And that's why I picked up on what Ash said at work. At work at and at not work. on your
1: phone or laptop. No. People can hack into that stuff.
0: Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. so key. And that's why I wanted to kind of sit on this point for a moment and, mm-hmm. and help people understand the complexity around getting clarity around your thoughts, getting financial resources together, making your plans, wherever you do this, make sure you do it in a space that it cannot be found because Mm -hmm. this could be the difference between you escaping the situation you're in and being stuck in it for a a number of years longer, right? 100% agree
1: with you there. Mm. Good point. The second thing that springs to mind for me and people were actually surprised is you have to play, don't change your behaviours, like play the game. So what I mean by that is when you start seeing things for what they are, don't start acting like a different person because mm-hmm. then they will know that you know what's going on. So mm-hmm. for me, I call it the Stefford housewife, that movie with Nicole Kidnam, how she had to be like a little robot wife I continued that. Mm-hmm. I played the little robot wife. I did what he said, helped him. I think I even improved in being a robot wife just to keep it going. So mm-hmm. they don't see your shift in energy, behaviors, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that is key because the moment they sniff it out, excuse my French, but you'll you're either <laughs> be trapped in there forever or something worse will happen to you. So That is key. When you know what's going on and you start building your little secret plan, Mm
0: -hmm. keep
1: going how you're going, Mm -hmm. that's key. Mm -hmm. And then the last one for me is around escaping. So as I said, I was very strategic in how I got out. Mm -hmm. I dragged it on for like a year to make sure that he would never come back, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And Mm -hmm. then I like, you've got petrol in a tank the fuel was all gone. He would never come back because he had multiple girls. I was living in a different state. Like I was very clever in how I did it. And that is okay. So don't mm-hmm. rush it because you might be in more harm. Plan it out, play the long game until it's the right moment for you to escape. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing for me is once you're out, that is it. Block. Yeah. So Delete. Yeah. Do not make contact with this human being. Mm-hmm. They need to be dead to you. Like yeah. I don't care if you got baby daddy kind of things. You need to cut the cord and stick to email through lawyers if you have to. Mm-hmm. Like you need to cut it because they will manipulate you to come back. They and other and, and the people around you. And the people around you. Mm-hmm. So once I moved mm-hmm. away, I broke up with him, done. Block, delete, nothing, did not have any contact with him whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I did as my healing thing, so as your little healing hurrah, (laughs) is I, I sound like a bit of a psycho, (laughs) but I wrote this eight page letter to him. Mm -hmm. Eight pages, printed it out, put it in a box with all the jewelry and watches he bought me. I smashed all the jewelry and bought like the watches, cut them all up into little pieces, put the letter on it and sent it to him for his birthday. (laughs) Done. (laughs) That was my end. And I know that he received it. because friends were like, oh, you sent the message. And that was the moment to go, you were actually nothing to me. Like that is it. That's every little part, little thing in Mm -hmm. my house that bad energy, that karma was in that box with it. And, oh, my God, it was such a free feeling. So you don't need to have to do that. But that was oh. my little celebration burning ceremony, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was a year out, it was done, and I knew he couldn't hurt me anymore because I yeah. already moved forward kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that's probably four key tips for you.
0: And that's that's another really important thing, actually, is um, I I didn't share – anything even vaguely publicly until I was sure he couldn't hurt me anymore right and 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 this sounds a bit strange but it's something that you need to grow your confidence around um because domestic violence is no joke and it can be a very real threat um especially if they are stalking you in any way I know that mine did from time to time Um, So yeah, safety is key throughout all of this. And there are lots of charities in lots of different countries that will assist you in safe spaces if you need them. Um, So if you're listening to this today, it is, it's not a one time going to take loads of action in 24 hours and fix this. Sadly, we can certainly make a good start. We can start to get clarity, but we generally have to make sure that whatever we're doing is safe and that we do it in a safe way Um, and we have the right support around us to do it or we've been strategic enough to do it in a way where it kind of dissipates and the distance Mm -hmm. grows Um, or you get yourself out and you get yourself with a refuge with a women's help charity and they will assist you in being safe. um so I, I will link um some links for the countries that i have links to and maybe you could if you've got some links asha i'll put these in the notes of the show notes as well cuz um it's it's a delicate operation right extracting yourself yeah. from something like this um so it's just I want people to do this safely and not to bring any more risk to themselves because it, it's a very real thing.
1: And I think it's a really important point that you said, publicly sharing this stuff. It took me two years after it mm-hmm. that then I shared my story. Mm. So I didn't go overnight, oh, he did this to me. Mm. I Like I said, it took me a year to realise really what happened, mm. a year for me to heal and then I went, you know what, now I can share my truth kind of thing. So mm. don't feel the pressure
0: Mm-mm.
1: to tell anyone. And Mm-mm. as I said, I didn't tell anyone until two mm. years afterwards what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you're if, right, like you, sometimes you don't even realise it's happened. I didn't share anything publicly for, gosh, nearly 20 years like 18 years after it actually happened have I actually shared it publicly I've shared things about my mental health publicly before um, but it took a number of years for me to even realize the full extent of what had happened to me it took me being in another relationship and that person turning around and saying to me I'm never going to do that with you Emma and I'll be like but what, what do you mean And they're like that's not normal that's not okay where has this happened to you so it came out like from me in like a drip feed because I would then try and I'd be asking permission for things I would be and he'd be like why are you asking me for permission and then I it, it was like oh penny's dropping so oh okay that's not normal I don't have to ask permission I don't have to wow and it that happened over a number of years for me to really see the full extent of what had gone on Mm.
1: I love that we have different stories with that Mm. when you've got into another relationship after it Mm. and really rediscovered it when I'm basically a nun I'm the Virgin Mary again (laughs) I'm what three three years free or so um I have not dated not a single date Mm -hmm. nothing like that because I needed just to date myself and heal Mm. and just work on myself so for mm. people it's okay to take time mm. off and it's okay mm. if you are ready to date again
0: i had no ready. idea
1: you had no idea so no. you had no idea what's going on no. and i'm glad you did it helped you open your eyes to that <laughs> yeah
0: like i didn't really know that i had anything to heal from i i yeah. knew it was a bit mad like oh god whatever's happened there was probably not cool but I couldn't put a label on it and I didn't really understand the full extent of it and I definitely walked into that next relationship completely wounded without knowing and it's only when I was then doing things and this person was like why are you asking me that and why are you worried about that and I'd be like oh and it was just little by little like these little pennies of "Oh, oh 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 <laughs> over <laughs> years over years you know or doing things sexually and this person not doing not being how and I'd be like well this is weird and he'd be like Emma I'm not going to do that with you and I'd be like well, yeah. why and he's like because it's not okay I'd be like oh okay you know so I mean you can really there was a for me a complete lack of awareness I knew that whatever I've been through was a bit wild mm-hmm. um but it wasn't until i got into a different arena and i mean god bless this next relationship of mine for sticking with me because he must have been thinking what, what is she talking about and she, yeah probably she is a bit nuts because the stuff she's coming to me with is not normal yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> so i mean you know thank you for sticking with me but you know <laughs> i'm not with him now but i was with him a long time and you know goodness knows what he must have thought with some of the things i was coming out with thank goodness he was just so kind of like level um you know I could have very easily gone into a very another relationship with someone who would have abused me I didn't I just went into you know thank goodness this person was so stable he just kept kind of coming back to me going yeah that's not that's I'm not gonna do that that's not cool and I'm like okay cool wow and I used to sit there like go away thinking what does he mean (laughs) um yeah (laughs) But, you know, so it comes out in people in different ways. You know, I don't, for me, it took years to understand what had really happened.
1: Mm. And I think um, another thing, a good point that people don't really talk about enough is side effects. Mm. Like you are not going to step out of this relationship. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to step out and be like, yeah, I'm a whole new person. Look at me go. i would going to tell you that right now. You're going to fall apart. You're going to have to pull yourself apart figure out where, why you're hurting in certain places and really work on yourself. So side effects, like, holy crap, where do I even start? Like, I know we've spoken about it on my podcast with you. I've, you know, opened up about my anxiety. I never had anxiety until this. Now I have mm-hmm. severe, you know, social anxiety. One of the reasons I haven't dated is because that terrifies me and makes me have like hives basically. Mm-hmm. And I developed IBS, so my gut all of a sudden went, what the hell, all this trauma, all this, you know, stress, mm-hmm. then I developed your know, digestive issues and mm. you just, there's all these other things you've got to work through. So mm. it's a long journey of healing, mm. but you will get there. If that makes yeah. sense, you're not yeah. going to wake up the next day. Like I'm a brand new woman. I wish, <laughs> I wish yeah. we could do that. Yeah. But I'm three years, you no know, free. And I know, you know, you're like you know, 20 years free mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're still working on stuff mm-hmm. like I am. There is PTSD right there. It might not mm-hmm. be severe, but mm-hmm. you're going to have mild things and mine might show up again when I start dating. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I will manage it as I go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we can do, right? One step at a time with anything big that happens in life, one step at a time. Um, thank you. Ash, where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. That is where it's at. Um, <laughs> Empower with Ash. And then my podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can listen to Emma's podcast. On- <laughs>
0: um, go check her out. Um, go check out her podcast, especially if this topic speaks to you in particular, because there's so much Um resource and wealth of information within her podcast episodes so if Mm -hmm. this is speaking to you this topic in any way and you want to hear other people's experiences because it shows up in so many different ways if you just look at mine and ash's experience they're very different there's lots of similar feelings and triggers that arise out of these situations but the stories and how they manifest and how we come out of them is so completely different um go check out her podcast find a title that speaks to you and if it resonates with you then I hope that you can step into you know getting the help getting the support that you need and getting the safety that you need um to Mm. kind of bat away these lies these untruths that are not our truths to hold and and find what works for you and and start living a life that you really deserve to live not life that someone else is telling you you deserve to live right and that and that's for me was huge so Mm -hmm. thank you ash
1: thank you so much for having me i loved it
0: (laughs) she's fabulous go check her out (laughs) thank you for listening and i look forward to introducing you to my guest in my next episode until then don't forget to take care of you